Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this special episode, we discuss what's going on, how COVID-19 has affected our lives and the profession so far. I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Well, hello, Darlene. Hello. Special episode, broadcasting in the... uh in the new the new way well holy smokes uh here we are Mm -hmm. two things i want to say off the top uh we understand how serious this is uh it's very serious as a as a worldwide issue that said this podcast episode will take on the same tone as normally our episodes do that's not to take away from how serious the thing is but it's potentially to give you know all of us including uh darlene and i uh a bit of a uh, respite from the, you know, the pretty serious uh, and difficult tone of the news and otherwise. Yeah, well, I was going to say part of why we wanted to do this special episode, interrupting our big ideas season, obviously, is that I have had feedback since this all started to say, hey, what's the Lawyer Life pod going to say about this? What are your feelings on it? And, you know, normally we uh, we do real-time comment in the, in the thick of things that are going on. So, it's important to us to be able to do that and really just to tie together some of the things that we've talked about with respect to the practice of law. They're really, really helpful right now. So for us, we just couldn't mm-hmm. be, couldn't stay away from tying things together for people looking for things to listen to and get an escape, maybe a little bit of a, a breather from the uh, news out there. Absolutely. And the second thing, um, you know, I have family members, neighbors, friends, uh, and uh, know a lot of healthcare workers that are on the, you know, doing that hard work and making big sacrifices, um, you know, some self-isolating from their families and so on during this period. And so thank you to all of you mm-hmm. that are contributing to take care of people uh, who are falling ill and are otherwise, um, you know, in hospital and, and need healthcare. So um, those are the two big things I want to say off the top. Uh, I guess from there, Darlene, how are you doing with all this? Well, it's we were we were kind of talking before this. Uh, Mike and I both work from home. We have we are part of a virtual law firm. We've been working from home since, uh, in my case, since 2013, so quite a while. Um, even for for me, though, I would just like to say this is not traditional working from home. There are some of the benefits: no commute, you know, um, being able to just immediately start work. Bunch of things that are true about working from home. But having children home is a whole other ballgame. That's something that's new for me. I usually don't have my kids here during the school day. And that's been an adjustment. But overall, I personally am feeling just really grateful that we have the kind of business that is virtual, meaning we don't have a, a shop that requires people to walk into it. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm trying to support the shops that are small in my neighborhood best that I can. Um, but I'm also just trying to focus on the positive very much and use my, uh, my coping skills to get through this. How about you? Um, yeah, pretty, pretty similar. I mean, um, practically speaking, you know, we have, uh, our two kids, young kids at home with us and both my wife and I are uh, continuing to work, uh, during this time. So that's, uh, a juggling act certainly. And we, uh, basically equally uh, have time to devote ourselves totally to work while the other is taking care of the kids. And that seems to be going well so far. Um, it is 
aside from again the seriousness of everything there are amazing positives i mean i'm really enjoying the time with the family uh and our kids you can see are getting closer because they're they don't actually spend that much time together aside from the weekends because of daycare and what have you so that's really neat to see and also my neighborhood i've never seen so many people out on the street and i have to say that dogs must just be like what is this heaven that i am falling into <laughs> the people Every- came home it's home and I'm being walked like six times a day. <laughs> um, so uh, it, the, there is still, despite the fact that we're staying just to our family unit, um, there is a sense of community uh, I'm feeling. And certainly, you know, everybody's looking at each other and yeah, we all know the situation that we're all in now. So um, it's been, despite obvious challenges and other issues, a lot of difficulty, but also a lot of things to embrace and appreciate. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of family and and the trade-offs that have to be made for work and family. But I'm definitely having an experience of, huh, my kids do need more, even. Maybe they don't need it, but they thrive on it. You know, I'm seeing the additional exposure to them, seeing how they react. And they are, they, I don't know. I I like being around them more and I'm going to try to max out this time if I can. They're just still so small. You know, the years are short, the days are long, they say, but man, they are a joy to be around for the most part. And they seem to understand, I think, much more than we give kids credit for. Yeah. Yeah. I think the family time has been great and we are just one day at a time appreciating that. On today's episode... I think I suppose our, what we're hoping to do is recap uh, a bunch of things that we spoke about during our high performance season. Um, and so we will start doing that right after this. Okay, Darlene. So last season we had our high performance season and you uh, so wisely pointed out that many of the major takeaways from that season can be applied to our new situation. So So I've really been thinking about that all week and partially just from feedback that we've had from listeners, partially from my own deployment of these, these strategies. And here's where it starts for me. When this happened, first things first, going back to even our earliest first season, we had an episode about fear of change and fear and always, you know, worrying about what's going to happen and how can we control things. So as a start, this is an interesting and maybe unprecedented in in our lifetime uh, issue or incident in that we're all in the same boat right now. And everyone is witnessing this massive change and no one can control it. So suddenly we're in this situation where we don't have any any sort of illusions that we can have any control over what happens next. Our politicians are certainly engaged in, in what's going to happen. Certain people have some control, some actions that they can take. But for many of us, I just find there's a real freedom in just saying, okay, this is change. And if for anyone who struggles with fear of change, as most people do, the fear is something's going to happen and I won't be able to control it. Or Something's going to happen. It's going to be worse than what I have today, right? So I think that's the starting point for me is just to say, okay, here's this change. 
can't control it, have to get through it, have to deal with it. So what are the tools? And I think as a starting point in the high performance season, we really talked about getting rid of things that don't serve you very early on in the season. So have you been doing that since this started? Well, thinking junk media news. uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I have certainly been on the side of like, let's check in and know what's happening, but let's not have constant Lives updates there. going on. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to take. But I, I would say that, you know, our season started, the high performance season started with kind of an opportunity to focus on foundational values that we all kind of thought for ourselves were useful. So last Friday, um, my wife and I just decided to get the kids out of daycare and start. With that decision, my my mind was like, okay, there's an opportunity here. And so my focus was on a foundational level. So like, let's just make this a great experience for our family to the extent we can. Um, and that's been my, that's been where I kind of see all of this occurring. So there's obvious uh, stressors and difficulties. Um, but this is a really unique opportunity to focus on uh, relationships and family. So that's, I think, where I started. And and if I was applying the framework of the high performance season, uh, that would be step one. That would be great. Good application of the framework. Okay. I love frameworks. I love lists. I love processes. You know this. <laughs> okay. So we'll go in order. It must be in order. Okay. So what's the next one? Appropriately, we spoke about knowing yourself, so picking up after that that first episode, and building new habits that will help you feel better. Uh, This is definitely a a period where building new processes and schedules and habits will be instrumental. I think there's two choices. Like we always say, there are two choices. You can choose to think the negative thing, or you can use that thinking space to think something positive. And I'm trying to do that in all of my interactions with other people. So when I see people from my six feet away, I say, hello, nice to see you. I don't, I don't say, oh my God, isn't this crazy or something even, you know, let's sure it's nice to connect on that level, but we can connect on a higher level too. What are your thoughts on that? So actually, uh, since that episode, I've been uh, reading a little bit. Do you know the BJ Fogg book, Tiny Habits? No. Okay. So he's a huge champion of the way that you change your life is actually through making very small, doable changes in your life, like dedicating yourself to these small things that can have uh, huge huge results and actually not ca- cause yourself a huge cognitive load and um, you, don't be, you don't beat yourself up if you don't achieve them because they're really small. Um, so he's the director of behavior design lab at Stanford University. And his example is um, every morning he uh, tells himself that, after his shower, he does one push-up. That's all right. he has to do, right? That is a small thing. But then he notices once he gets down and does the one push-up that he's more likely to do many more because he's already there, right? Hmm. And so uh, actually, a small plug for his whole world, um, they're tinyhabits.com, check it out. They're doing uh, expert free help sessions um, about building tiny habits for coronavirus times. So for example... Um, today, when this is posted, which will be Thursday, March 19th, they're doing a tiny habits for staying upbeat on lockdown. It's a 30 minute session, um, with their expert coach, Amy Vest, and it's free. Uh, anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, and there's tiny habits for generosity, tiny meditation habits for fostering resilience. 
uh, to stress. We'll, we're going to get there ourselves too. So um, it is definitely a time where there is a reset in your life. And anytime there is a reset in your life, there is an opportunity to incorporate the habits and processes and systems and structures and schedules that will best achieve the goal that you have and also will help you get rid of uh, distractions, right? That uh, aren't getting you there. So um, how, Darlene, do you think that you have any habits that you built so far that have been helpful during these times? Yeah. So it ties into our third episode in the season about mindfulness. So my, I have really been trying to control my thoughts. So to me, emotions, thoughts, feelings, reactions, they're all tied in this kind of soup. But the order for me is an event happens, it's an input, and you have an emotion about it or a thought about it. And there's some argument in the various books about which comes first. But I'm just trying to control the way that I am thinking about things and trying to catch my brain before it goes into fearful places or it goes to something that's not a fact or is just my interpretation of the reality that's happening. And that's a function of mindfulness. Just if I feel the anxiety level going up when it comes to watching my friends in our group chat go through the anxiety of the situation, that I find very triggering because I, I take on other people's anxiety. So I am trying to just manage that. And rather than get in there and feel it, just doing my mindful exercises, bringing myself back to center, working it out with my husband that we take the time for each other to kind of stay in a good mind frame, not just do, 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 you know, not just go to the grocery store and stock the house, but also do the mindset work because that's just as important. What you're saying about creating a good experience for the kids, it is, we have a choice. We can be the frantic parent that makes them feel everything's unsafe, or we can be the have some equanimity about it. And that takes work. How about you? We've tried to create a predictable schedule uh, for ourselves mm -hmm. and our kids, okay. which um, has been a great device so that the day doesn't feel as kind of like random or, you know, so to speak, like, uh, like a long slog. Like we have we're doing the same things at the same points every day um, and making sure to spend as much time outside as possible is another, I guess, habit that we've developed that is been has been great. So those would be the two things. Um, not revolutionary, <laughs> obviously, but um, certainly helpful for us. Yeah. And I think the habits, it, we're not on vacation, right? I mean, it is supposed to be March breaks. So there's a little bit of vacation. But there's something to be said for just taking this time to be working on high performance and working on a new normal, right? Because this could be a new normal. We don't know when this will end. It doesn't have a predictable endpoint. So the choices are build something low energy, and that's the next habit. Realize when you're doing low energy things and try to refocus and reorient to higher energy self-improvement self just balance self you know a, a basic level of self-care always so a routine is helpful in doing that yeah it's very tasty i'd say to start to get into the negative um about this issue in general obviously it's really easy to start to focus on um you know a looming threat for uh loved ones or the world generally we have as long as everybody's doing um, 
you know, taking the proper precautions to avoid um, getting sick or spreading the illness to others, there's nothing more we can do. Right. And so that ruminating, um, you know, that kind of spinning uh, downward about, uh, you know, what's going on is really available to all of us and tempting. Um, And I think that to the extent that we focus on something positive, you know, something we want to learn, something we, you know, a bond we want to build with our kids, something we want to teach our kids, um, you know, if we can start to focus on, oh, this is, a again, an opportunity, as weird as it is to say, to do X thing that's important to me, that's going to help us, um, you know, as Mark Sakamoto said in our first season, which I love and use all the time, spiral up. Uh, and once you start spiraling up, you continue to. And if you start to spiral down often, um, the same occurs. So um, to the extent we can focus on uh, positive things and put our energy into positive places, then uh, we can avoid the downward spiral, which is so available uh, to all of us. Yeah, and it's a fine line because some of my, I mean, my some of my relatives are in quarantine, have been for a while. Mm-hmm. It's very boring, um, not at their house, nothing to do. I, I'm trying not to be too Pollyanna about it, understanding they are going through something very challenging. But when I am sitting alone, so when I'm with them on FaceTime, I'm supporting them. When I'm not with them, I'm trying not to worry about the impact. You know, that's that's just my worry. That's not a reality. They're fine. It's going to be fine. I choose that thought instead of the worry. Everyone deals with things differently. And I'm I'm working on my own resilience and calm just to, as they say in the Navy SEALs, in which I like to say a lot and focus on, calm is contagious, right? If I'm calm, the kids are calm, friends are calm, everyone's calm. And the cool thing about this situation, if we're really looking on the positive side, is that we're all in the same boat, right? Really, yes, we may all experience it differently as far as what the impacts are, but everyone is being affected by something at the same time, which is really very rare for that to happen. Mm -hmm. The alternative is trading in fear mongering and worry and anxiety inducing behavior. And I think I could, I maybe have been guilty of doing that in the past with respect to the news and politics. And it's not a good feeling. Certainly now it's, it's just not what I'm going to choose to do. So, because we don't know. It's really unknown. We have no idea. Going back to our framework and important lessons from our high performance season, it is important that uh, we find ways to keep well. Um, you know, for example, um, a lot of us have uh, probably routines that we're now um, out of. For example, I'm, we're not going to the gym anymore more at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the routine and the exercise and the outlets is all part of it. I have a lot of friends who are doing yoga at home on YouTube, YouTube yoga videos recommend. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are out there doing free online things for people to keep everybody engaged and active. And it's there, right? We just, I think the bigger thing is, do you choose to just let all your routines go by the wayside? Because this is force majeure. as lawyers would say, Um, or do you say, okay, I have a new challenge here to figure out a way to keep my high performance intact and keep myself resilient. On a a completely nerdy lawyer note, um, 
having interacted with so many force majeure clauses over the past week, I am interested to see how <laughs> those boilerplate paragraphs will evolve after, uh, you know, literally everybody has lived through a common one at the same time. Both both sides right now, right? That's really not the norm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Force majeure clause. Yeah. The idea is sort of someone can't pay because of something. Maybe it's something that affects both parties, but in our world, usually it's something that you're protecting one side or the other more with the force majeure clause. So yeah, it's been a really interesting couple of couple of days on those clauses. We'll figure it out. So how are you staying connected with other people right now, other than FaceTime? If I if there's one male stereotype that applies to me, it is that I don't like to talk on the phone. <laughs> and I don't I feel weird being on FaceTime. Um so thanks to basically my my wife, I continue I speak to my parents and in-laws, great friends. Uh we have best friends that live in the UK. We've shared calls with them this week. But I if I was left to my own devices, I know for a fact that I would be awful at doing this. And so I'm <laughs> relying on the arm twisting and support of my loved ones to make sure that I do it. I actually, I get that. I mean, I'm pretty active on, like I said, we have a, my group of law, law school friends have a WhatsApp chat that we are all in. And uh, in addition- Which I think we've talked about, my literal nightmare is being on a mass group test. I can't even imagine <laughs> that to be in my life. I am the, this is what I realized about myself, I think this week. I, I am the type of person- that never responds, like I respond late to text messages. I don't like long text conversations. I don't want people to text me, but I get super jealous <laughs> when my wife's phone is going off and mine just sits there silent. And it's because... Hey, why is no one texting me? <laughs> exactly. I don't want them to, but then I get upset when they don't. I have a very <laughs> challenging, uh, challenging relationship with new media uh, conversations. I'll say that. Sorry, back to your group message. Well, I, I think it's, a, it's good in some ways. It's also a little isolating in some ways. I don't know that group chats are the same as being in a group. That is my just observation. And then the second thing I would say is what I've been trying to do is I am not the type to reach out in a crisis unless I really uh, force myself to just kind of take some concrete action. So in this case, I've been trying to consider the people in my life who are isolated and don't have a whole bunch of other people around, trying to make sure I reach out to them um, and just try to consider, think of it as a service to other people rather than uh, what I need as much. That That's what gets me doing it. So I would say that that's probably a harder harder thing for me. And I'm actually coming to terms with it through this and re-reacquainting myself with this, this fact about myself. Yeah. I think, I think that what, for most people, uh, upkeeping relationships will obviously be difficult at a time where we can't be within six feet of anybody but our closest family members. <laughs> so, um, where there's obviously a gigantic obstacle, uh, to success in this. I just don't like the text and video, blah, blah, blah stuff. Um, so, if, but that's all we have right now. And so I need to make sure that I am uh, doing more of that or else I will only speak to uh, my wife, uh, my three and a half year old, and then uh, my very small 10 month old boy who probably is 
more uh, of a soliloquy when when speaking to him. At this yeah, point. he just added banana to his vocabulary, so at oh, least we, we we could talk about that, which would All be right. yeah, good. that would probably kill a good two minutes. So we right. got that going for us. Yeah. Why don't we? What other ones do you want to talk about, and then we'll talk. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say on ego. I don't know if anybody's just like being boastful around their house. <laughs> you know, I guess there is something to, um, you know, this is a potentially kind of a humbling experience for some people that aren't used to, um, you know, guy, I, I, like doing the nitty gritty around the home. I mean, we're all going to be people that are cleaning our own toilets and um, you know, obviously caring for our kids for long stretches of time and cooking our own food. And, um, you know, I think that there's something nice about that, that we're all kind of just going back to uh, to basics and, and in a way that is kind of non-negotiable. Um, so perhaps if you're a person who uh, isn't inclined to do that, uh, get your hands dirty and don't make your partner do it all, I'd say. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. What do you, How do you think ego can relate to this, Darlene? Hmm. I think it's, for me, it's this idea of going back to the thoughts and whether they're real or not and what's, what's happening. Um, so for me, there is some, there's just, there's ego wrapped up in things. Um, I think for a lot of people, there will be ego wrapped up in going to the office and coming, not having a commute and not getting dressed up and not, having meetings and going to court. Like if we think about the audience for this podcast, there are many things that you are considering at this point to be self-defining that are gone and may not come back. And you, this is a great opportunity to realize, okay, well, who am I in the absence of all that stuff? And I think that's a great opportunity for sure. Uh, I posted something on LinkedIn that uh, was about Isaac Newton working from home and how he, there was some sort of pandemic back in the day and he was forced to work from his little studio. And during that time, he came up with all his best inventions. And I posted it because that one of the lines in the, in the article from the Washington Post said, you know, having time on his hands to think and be mindful, like sort of taught him, gave him all these ideas and gave him the space to create. And so I think for me, if we can, if we can use this opportunity to say, okay, here's a moment where we can park our egos for a second. No one's around except our nearest and dearest. Who are we? For some people I've taken, we've spoken on the podcast. I've had the benefit of a few big breaks in my career, a year off to travel, et cetera, and maternity leaves, some quiet times to, to shape that for myself. But a lot of people have just gone to school, gone to work, and this is the first time they're going to have any downtime in their workday other than vacation. So to them, I say, maybe use it. You know, that's what I would say on ego. Uh, that was way better than what I said. Uh, and how appropriate of, of Darlene to be looking overall and strategically at me being, being in the weeds, uh, the nitty gritty details. So my face red. Perhaps you did not uh, study, as you've said before on this podcast, I really took that book to the depths of my being. So I would say it's, for me, that that has been the, that was the defining uh, thing to learn in 2019. So that's, I'm happy to give the answer on that one. And I would give you the keep it simple because that is your jam. Ego is my jam. Keep it simple is your jam. So are you doing that right now? 
to get through this. I, I mean, how complicated can you can you make your life in this situation? I mean, it, it is really basic, and I think I enjoy that. Um, but what I would say is I think that your the note that you just left us on when it comes to ego is a great note to to leave this initial chat off on. I think that ultimately we're all being really hit in the face with the fact that we are just people um, and we're not our office or our title or, you know, our parking space or all of these things that the, the trappings of routine and many lawyer lives um, kind of connect you to. So it is a really unique opportunity to consider who is the person that I am uh, without all that stuff. The person who just wakes up in the morning and gets hit in the face by their toddler uh, and has to get going. You know, there we are. Um, and uh, I, I guess that's uh, a place where we can all set some focus right now, and and, and in the end, um, kind of enjoy that process because we're all doing it and we're all in this together. And what matters, you know, pay attention during this time. I have even as someone who focuses so much on trying to always be aligned with my values all the time, even with that starting point, I have found much room for improvement during this very short time so far. So I think any improvement is good and start wherever you are and just just keep an eye on it would be would be the goal through this time. Great. Okay. Yeah. So okay. why don't, well, everybody is, we're all taking a break, but let's take a break in this podcast episode and we'll be back with our goods and grapes. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, in a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. So I, I suppose we can just like take off the table... <laughs> the obvious issue that's facing the world right now. And again, that is something serious and not something mm -hmm. uh, that is even gripe worthy because grapes are small things that annoy us. So uh, acknowledging that, um, Darlene, do you have any goods or gripes that you want to share? Well, I know that I was pilloried earlier this year for my love for Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I think I think you flagged it as a miss, <laughs> a miss of 2019. However, uh, but I was I, wrong. You were wrong. What? No. Well, because what? remember we talked about later. Okay, so for those of you that don't aren't fully up to date on every single episode we've ever done, um, <laughs> so um, season one we did an episode um, where we were trying to take lessons from Mister Rogers after watching the documentary. Um, that was released on. Won't you be my neighbor? Yes. Won't you be my neighbor? Uh, and then in our recent end of year episode, I made fun of that episode, which uh, was a concept that Darlene brought forward um, <laughs> and said it was a bit of a swing and a miss. But then I think even I might even known at the time that I called it a swing and a miss. One of the most critically acclaimed podcasts of the year, like in the Western world, was a podcast 
where people sat and examined Mr. Rogers and certain episodes and, and lessons that he brought forward. And it's a great podcast. So if, if anything, um, Darlene was ahead of the curve, as she always is. Uh, and we should have pivoted <laughs> the Lord of Life podcast That's to nice. only talking about Mr. Rogers because we would have done it first. And we potentially could uh, <laughs> have right. the most popular podcast in the, uh, in the world right now. So Wasn't it? it's called Finding Fred, right? That podcast. Yeah, Finding Fred. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at your so again, lack of ego. See how, see how my far. Face. Oh my God. Not pie Well, on it's your very face. easy it to was... not care about making a mistake like that when, when you see what the world is facing. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Because we have bigger problems. Things matter not. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I. Uh, that's funny. I was gonna say, Mr. Rogers, that sh- that episode. I'm preparing for that episode. I learned so much about how to talk my kids through this pandemic. You know, he talks to them like really. He gives them. He believes that they can, they can handle it, and they can be empowered, and they can understand things, and it doesn't have to be hush hush. And don't talk to them. And um, he also has said he said something in that documentary that has been widely circulated since the pandemic started, and that is when bad things are happening, look yeah. for the helpers. There are always people helping. And I've been taking great uh, comfort in that statement because it's absolutely true. I went to the grocery store yesterday, forgot that I had walked there and didn't have my car. And I was walking back carrying way too many bags, including a box of pull-ups. Wait, wait a minute. So you walk to the grocery store and then Just in don't the grocery even. store, <laughs> you forget that you don't have a car there. And you go the pandemic mentality you go, just took you buy and you buy and you buy. And then you're like you walk out and you have that sinking feeling in your stomach. I don't have the car here. That's yeah. what happened to you? Oh, I love it. Oh no. So oh, then I texted my husband and said, Hey, can you come pick me up? Because I have like twenty bags of groceries. <laughs> I have fourteen was, bags of toilet paper. To be clear, he was not sympathetic. And also he can't really oh, come without so bundling both kids in the car. So I was like, you know what? I'll just walk. So I'm walking along. It must have just brought great humor to all my neighbors because, man, I had way too many bags. But, you know, halfway through, I just stopped. I put down half the bags and I determined that I would just keep walking with only half the bags and come back. And did someone not bring them to my house? Someone did. Someone said, did you leave these here on purpose? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. However, a helper, you know, I I was out once. And there was a person who was also out who decided to help. So they are there and big picture, small picture, there are helpers. So that's my good. How about you? That's great. Um, my good is imagination, which is hmm. spending so much time with uh, my kids uh, through you know long stretches of time without many options available to us. I just really, you know, my I've always known my daughter to have a great imagination, but I and that's great. And I've always kind of thought it as something for her and it's great for her, but it is great for me too. <laughs> and, um, and very rarely do we get, we get to practice creativity in some ways, I think, and in, in limited ways, but we don't really get to, we, we just don't engage in imaginary stuff all that often. That is uh, fun. Other, you know, other side, outside of the imaginary stress that we bring upon ourselves sometimes, but um, it's, it's, I've just my, my daughter is great and and can paint a world in a picture very quickly. The uh, the gripe side of the imaginary good uh, is that she is a little bit particular with her vision, <laughs> and 
we were kidding around this week that she would make an amazing film director because when you're mm-hmm. in her worlds, it, you don't really have a lot of say and it's a lot of, okay, you stand here and you say this and I would say this. Okay. Okay. Stand there. No, no. Stand right. there. Wait till right. I say, yeah, it's very funny. Um, but, you know, perhaps I want to, and I tell her, I was like, I want to imagine too. And she's like, okay, but first you do this. And, <laughs> But first, (laughs) back to what I was saying. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny. I'm actually kind of relieved to hear that that is uh, a common thing because when my kids are like that, it makes me feel like a bad player, you know, like, oh, Oh, I have this good idea. And they're like, that is a really horrible idea. This cruise ship only has one pool, not two that we're building with the Lego. That was yesterday. Anyway, grapes. My grape, I would say, is predictions just generally or getting sort of pumping yourself up based on a current situation that might change there's a lot of bluster in our world i think right now if we all just shy away from predicting what's going to happen or talking about you know the stock market's great the stock market's bad the stock market's great <laughs> like this this kind of stuff i would love to unplug from somehow just just stop maybe we just all stop doing that I don't know. That's my gripe. That's the stuff that gets me down is just this sort of people who have predicted things wrong 15 times before and continue to predict things. I don't know. It just, it gets me down. So that's, that's my gripe. That's the only thing I felt gripey about really other than the, uh, the obvious this week. Yeah. The obvious. The obvious. Well, look, here we are at the end of our our podcast, our emergency podcast episode. And it's been great. I, as always, feel like now I've had somewhere to put my thoughts for the moment. Helps me get through these times and hopefully will help others. And for new listeners, this is more of what our normal format is if you're just tuning in and finding that we're in an interview heavy season, which our big ideas season will be. We'll see how it goes, right? We'll just figure it out. Maybe we'll be back with a few more like this or maybe we'll revert to our regularly scheduled programming. We'll, we'll have to see how things yep. go. Right. As always, uh, Twitter, Instagram at lawyer life pod, let us know how we're doing, what you'd like us, like us to talk about. If you want more COVID-19 specific content, you know, anything. Um, yeah, let us know. Uh, otherwise say, stay safe out there, everybody do the smart thing. Um, and, uh, we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.